The Bible says, Give ear, O my people, verse number one, to my law. Incline your ears to the words of my mouth. I will open my mouth in a parable. I will utter dark sayings of old, which we have heard and known, and our fathers have told us. We will not hide them from their children, showing to the generation to come the praises of the Lord and his strength and his wonderful works that he hath done. For he established a testimony in Jacob and appointed a law in Israel, which he commanded our fathers that they should make them known to their children, that the generation to come might know them, even the children which should be born, who should arise and declare them to their children, that they might set their hope in God and not forget the works of God, but keep his commandments and might not be as their fathers, a stubborn and rebellious generation, a generation that set not their heart aright and whose spirit was not steadfast with God. The Bible gives us here in Psalm 78 uh, what some have noted as a historical psalm. There's a few psalms that are called historical psalms. This psalm goes through, God reminds the nation of Israel of their past and uh, their failures, the times that they strayed from God and returned to God. And you know, all through the Old Testament, we see the nation of Israel struggling with being obedient to God and, and straying away from God and coming back to God or, or God punishing them and bringing them back. But if you look through these first eight verses, we see that there's a multiple generations here, four, maybe five generations, uh, covers a span of many generations. The verse three says, our fathers have told us. So essentially the current generation, I mean, we were taught by godly fathers and godly teachers. We will not hide them, verse 4 says, uh, we will not hide them from their children, showing to the generation, the next generation to come, the praises of the Lord, his strength, his wonderful works that he hath done. And then down in verse 6, uh, towards the end of verse 6, it says, even the children which should be born, who should arise and declare them to their children. So you see there's multiple generations. And God's Blessings on a nation are only fully realized, I believe, when we as fathers continue to plant God's word in the hearts of our children and they follow suit and teach their children and teach their children likewise. Boy, I'm so thankful for a godly Christian heritage. God gave me uh, just, the, the, you couldn't ask for a better family, a better home to grow up. You couldn't ask for better examples in a, in a father and mother that love the Lord and serve the Lord. But God teaches us here, uh, he teaches his people that the growth in a society, a strong nation, uh, any people group begins and flourishes through multiple generations of obedience to God's will and obedience to God's laws. You see that verse 5, he established a testimony in Jacob and appointed a law in Israel. God provides these two things, not just for Israel, but for every nation in the world. And we talk about uh, the nation of Israel as God's chosen people. And I, I believe that God chose the nation of Israel, the Bible says, not because they were mighty or because they were a great nation, but because he loved them. And he also chose them so that, so that there could be a record, a history of how a nation, that if a nation will follow God, how God will bless them. 
And I love what Dr. Lester Olaf used to say. He said when he was in Bible college, he read through the Old Testament, and some of his teachers would say, well, the Old Testament, all those promises are just for the Jews. You read through the New Testament, well, some of those are for another group. But he said, hey, I just loved all the promises. I just wanted to claim all of them. Amen? And, uh, and so these promises, I believe, for the nation of Israel, God used as an example to every other nation. And um, uh, righteousness exalteth a nation, but sin is a reproach to any people. And so God shows these two things that he provides here, two critical things. First of all, he says, uh, established a testimony in Jacob. And his law, John Wesley said, is, is called a testimony because it is a witness between God and men, uh, declaring the duties which God expects from us, and the blessings which God will impart to us if we follow his law. And uh, that's a testimony. And, and then the law, I mean, the, the Ten Commandments that is there today is still valid and still uh, perfect for us and so applicable in our time today. And you could see crumbling societies. And, and, and you look at our own nation and how it's suffering because people simply are not obeying God's law. And, um, but God's... God's very, very clear in the word of God what every man should do. He's very clear uh, what we should not do. Isn't that great? Isn't that wonderful? I mean, it's really clear. This is what you need to do. This is what you shouldn't do. You ever work for a boss and you feel like you just, you just can't quite peg him, you can't quite figure him out, you know, and uh, you go in, some of you shaking your head, yeah, and uh, uh, you go in one day and he's happy and talking to you, you go in the next day and, and he acts like you're not there, and then, I'm not talking about you, brother, and, uh, no, but, but, um, but uh, you know, God's never like that. I mean, he, he's very clear, this is what you need to do, this is what I want you to do, this, if you, if you follow these laws, I can bless you and I can bless your family. And, um, so praise the Lord. I love that about being a Christian. Uh, it doesn't, it does, it's not rocket science. Amen? It's uh, very clear in the Word of God. And so as a, as a father, as a parent, obviously this, this passage of Scripture is to a degree directed to fathers and the teaching that fathers do in their families. But as a parent, God very clearly wants me to teach my children God's laws and teach my children the importance of of teaching their children the laws and truths of God. Ecclesiastes, Ecclesiastes chapter 12 and verse 13, many of you know the verse. Let us hear the conclusion of the whole matter. Fear God and keep his commandments. Pretty simple, right? Pretty basic. Fear God and keep his commandments, for this is the whole duty of man. Now, when we look in verses 7 and 8, the Bible says in verses 5 and 6, yes, God established a testimony in Jacob. He appointed a law in Israel. He commanded our fathers that they should make them known to their children and that the generation to come should also know them. It's our responsibility to teach those young people, to teach the next generation. These are the laws of God. This is why we follow God's laws and to be that example. And God says in verses 7 and 8 that there are some results or some blessings, some benefits that follow that. When we live that lifestyle and we, and, and we are exemplary uh, followers of the laws of God. And God says, first of all, that in verse 7 they might set their hope in God. 
And as I understand this verse, it just literally means that I am to take all of my hopes and dreams and just set those in God's hands. Of course, we, we hope in God and trust in God and believe in him. But, but to take all of your own, listen, young people, take all of your hopes and dreams and the ideas that you have about the future and what you want to do and what you want to be and just say, hey, God, you know, you better go through this and make sure this is all pleasing to you because I don't want to live a life outside of your will. There's nothing more uh, fulfilling and more joyful than giving your life to serve God and watch him work and multiply anything and everything you do. My, uh, my father's here this morning, uh, this evening. And see, it's, we're 12 hours ahead in Thailand, and my, my mind thinks that it's, uh, you know, 7.45 in the morning. But, uh, but here this evening, my dad's here, and uh, my, his father, Paul, my grandfather, Paul, served in the in the military in the navy dad is that right served in the navy during world war ii and uh and just saw of course as as any soldier in active duty would saw many things many uh disturbing things and and as i understand the story uh i haven't heard dad tell this in years um uh, but don't correct me if i'm not i'll make it sound good no but um but I, but I, I do remember Dad telling this occasionally, and that uh, my grandpa Paul came back from the war, and it just was it was hard for him to cope with all that he had seen and been through, and uh, and he he began to drink, and uh, and it was uh, he, he was a saved man. He had trusted Christ as his Savior at one point, uh, and been in church for a little while, and then got back with some old friends and began drinking again, and. Um, my grandmother, Dorothy, was a faithful, godly man, a godly woman, a faithful grandmother, and loved the Lord. And she had, they had three children, three girls, three daughters. And uh, as the story goes, as I remember, my grandmother would, would pray uh, every time she got pregnant. She would say, please, Lord, don't let this be a boy. I'm afraid that he's going he's gonna to grow up. He's going to follow in my husband's footsteps. And I, I, don't, wanna, I don't want that, Lord. And, uh, and they had three girls, and then, uh, and then my father was born. And at that point, my grandmother changed her prayer, of course, and she committed him to the Lord at a very early age. She never told him that story, you know, until he was much older. She never talked to him about the fact that she, she would pray. She, she prayed for years and years. You know, God, if you would make my son a preacher, I don't want him to grow up. I don't want him to be, become an alcoholic. My dad was three years old. My grandpa Paul was drunk, and he was driving his car and came wide around the corner and ran head on into into a beer truck, believe it or not, and killed him and his friend that was in the car. But uh, uh, so my, my dad really grew up not knowing his father. He grew up with three sisters and grew up with my grandmother. And eventually, Dad uh, graduated high school, went off to Bible college, went to Bob Jones University. And I believe, Dad, the first year you were there, you, you didn't have a, a theology major or anything like that. You were pursuing, uh, what was your major the first, first year you were in college? You were uh, majoring in education, I believe, or something like that. But, um, but there was a day after his first year, and, and he had heard uh, Dr. Bob Sr. preaching in chapel, and uh, got on the phone and called his, his mother and, uh, and said, Mom, I, I have some good news for you. 
And she responded, I know, son. And he said, we talk about I, I, I just surrendered my life to, to serve the Lord and to be a preacher. I, how did you know about it? She said, I've been praying for you for over 20 years that you would serve God. And all those years ago, my grandmother took that hope and just set it in God's hand and said, God, this is, this is, is your child. His destiny is yours. She prayed that way for years and years and years, and ever since then, Dad's been preaching the Word of God and uh, over 50 years preached uh, and served God. Praise the Lord for that. But he says, take your hopes, set those hopes in God, and teach your children to set their hopes in God. Boy, young people, if you will do that, God will never disappoint you. He'll never break your heart. He'll never leave you. He'll never forsake you. He'll never leave you destitute and alone. He will fulfill above and beyond anything that you could ever ask or think. God will fulfill those dreams. God will use you in a great way more than you could ever understand. He said this in verse 7, that they might set their hope in God and not forget the works of God. I think it's such a valuable thing. We've continued that tradition in our home with our children. We sit down every night. And now, as a matter of fact, we, uh, we read the scripture. And we, we read in Proverbs every morning. Uh, we, re- we read one proverb together. And then at night, uh, we're reading through this year, we're reading through the epistles. And so we'll read one chapter, and, uh, and that'll get us through the epistles several times this year. But, uh, but that's a part of our daily life. We set their hopes in God and not to forget the works of God. And when you take that time as a family to sit down with you, and I know life is busy. Um, I know many of you work many, many hours a week. Some of you probably work multiple jobs, and your kids are in school, and there's activities and all of these things. But you ought to take that family altar time and, and walk guard around that thing. We'll make that priority number one in your home and sit down with your children and share the word of God with them and take a few minutes. And, and uh, you may be tired. Uh, your mind may be a little spent. But take some time in the word of God and teach those children and, and talk about the miracles of God in your life. Man, share your own testimony. Talk about the day you got saved. I'm so thankful that you mentioned, brother, uh, uh, and, 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 and gave folks the opportunity to share their testimony about when you got saved. Well, that's a miracle. That's the greatest miracle that ever happened in your life. And sit and talk with your children about that. Hey, kids, remind me of the time that you got saved. How did that happen? Where were you? And to talk about those things with them. And, and just to, don't, it's so easy for us to go throughout the day and throughout our habitual routines and just forget the everyday blessings of God. But we were driving around in a nice car today. I thought, good night, man. This this is a safe car. It's beautiful. It runs well. It has twin turbos. Hallelujah. And boy, that was that's a blessing. And uh, but but just just the, the things that we sort of seem to overlook over a period of time. Maybe we get a little accustomed to it. We get a little used to it. But but don't ever cease to talk about the goodness and the greatness of God and the blessings of God in your life. Then he goes on to say this. He says uh, uh, that they might set their hope in God, not forget the works of God, but keep his commandments. But we got to learn the Ten Commandments, learn the commandments of God, learn those 
commandments that apply to our relationships. The New Testament is full of wonderful commands about how a church is supposed to interact together, how Christian brothers and sisters are supposed to behave one to another. And, and that you got to feed your mind on those things and, and just commit. So I'm going to, you know what, I, I, I'm going to live a clean life. Uh, yes, I am crucified with Christ. Nevertheless, I live, yet not I, but Christ liveth in me. Amen. Jesus Christ, the Holy Spirit of God, lives inside of me. And yes, we have a flesh, and that old thing is not going to be dead until God takes us home to heaven. But let's crucify that thing every day. Amen. Let's just lay that guy. Let's put him in in a in just a chokehold. All the, I think that's what the Apostle Paul did. If you come to visit Thailand. One of the tenets of Buddhism is you don't kill anything. And, and that sounds really wonderful, but we've got tens of thousands, probably hundreds of thousands of stray dogs everywhere. And they're so pitiful. You know, they get hit by a car and the back, their back leg is broken and they have the mange and they've got an ear chewed off and their skin and bones. And they're just, I mean, they're just a step away from death. And I'm like, man, I got to. 22 pistol. I could take care of a lot of that real quick, but uh, no, I don't. But um, but but uh, but but this idea. Then I look at those dogs. And I'm, that's my flesh. That's how I want my flesh to be. Right. I'm just barely alive. I can't kill him yet, but I want him just barely breathing. And uh, boy, let's live that way. Let's fill uh, our minds and uh, let's live our lives by God's commands and do right to one another and be good to one another. And then I love the last one. Well, this is a hard one. He says, essentially, to warn them, warn your children not to repeat the sins of the fathers. Verse number, verse number eight, he says, and might not be as their fathers, a stubborn and rebellious generation, a generation that set not their heart aright and whose spirit was not steadfast with God. I remember as an 18-year-old boy, my father said, he said, son, I want, you to, I want you to come and sit down at the kitchen table with, with me and your mom. And, and I did. And uh, I had been living a rebellious life already for a few years. And uh, I was sick and tired of church. I was frustrated at the people in church and, uh, and a lot of different reasons that I had let bitterness come into my life. But as an 18-year-old boy, dad sat me down at the kitchen table and he said, son, you know, you're not living right. You know, we're, we're a God-fearing family. It's a God-fearing home. We're going to follow God's commands here. You're 18 now. You graduated high school. He said, you're going to make your own decisions, but if you're going to live a wicked, worldly life, you're not going to do it here. He said, you're going to live right where you're going to go. And that day I took my things. I packed up. I, I wanted to play in a rock and roll band. That's, that's, the, that's, the, that's the desire that I had. That was, the, that was just a dream that I had. That was, uh, that, that, that was what I had not given to God. And uh, so I got my things. I got my guitars. I got my microphones and amplifiers and clothes and everything else. Packed them up in my car and I left. And for five years, five years I pursued my own desires and my own dreams. And, uh, but it was a special, and, and I, you know, anybody that knows the will of God and willingly, rebelliously leaves the will of God. Well, that's, there's nothing more miserable in this world than a backslidden Christian. And that's a terrible way to live. But I did. I did for five years, and I pursued that dream. And we moved around and 
we had a guitarist and a and a and a drummer and a bass player and I played rhythm guitar and sang in the band and uh and and we 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 were serious about it we worked at it we practiced and we performed and and all of that but I remember the day that uh I I had been abusing drugs and things like that for a few years and uh I reached underneath my bed and there was a a glass underneath there that had some drugs on it. And I reached underneath there to get that glass, and my, my hand hit something else, and it was, it was a Bible that had been sitting underneath my bed for untouched for probably a year or more. And I slid about 1 o'clock in the morning, I slid that Bible out, and I just sat down. And I opened to the New Testament all the words of Christ and read, and I just began to weep. And I said, God, you know, I've just wrecked and ruined my life for five years. But boy, if you'll give me a chance, I'll give you everything I've got left. And the next day, after I sobered up a little bit, I called my house. My mom answered the phone. And uh, I said, Mom, I just want to come home. She said, Honey, we're waiting for you. You come on home. And I, I packed up and I left all my equipment. I grabbed a bag full of clothes and uh, left all those things there and left that life behind and uh, went back to serving God. And I tell you what, I've never looked back since then. And God is good. And boy, we need to teach our children. Like this verse says, boy, let your children know if you struggled, if you failed, if you have times in your life where Satan has defeated you, don't, don't pretend to your kids that you're a perfect Christian. I think we lose some young people because they're trying to live up to this, you know, this farce. Their parents have put on this show. They I'm a perfect Christian. I never do anything wrong. Tell your kids. But the house said, don't waste your wasted years. I remember him preaching that sermon. And, uh, and I've sat my kids down, and I've told them that story before. And they know how, uh, how their father has lived since that time. And... Uh, I'm so thankful, though, that I have two wonderful children. I'm thankful that God has allowed me to teach them, and that is what we must do. We're going to save our country. We're going to save this nation. If this church is going to continue on, we must teach the next generation and the following generation and on and on. Thank you so much.